Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to season six of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be joined tonight by Dean. Dean, how are you? I'm doing well, Scott. Uh, nice to see you. I'm excited for the start of season six. This is big. This is a very exciting moment. We took a little bit of a summer break. I intended to record some episodes over the summer, but just didn't get around to it. And uh, we're back now as fall has arrived. Labor Day is over here in the States. And uh, when you think about Labor Day being over, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it football? Closing my pool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, strangely, we did today. And now there's a heat wave coming through the Northeast. But, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's not specifically football. It's all that fall stuff. It's it's the – we get real seasons in the Northeast. And so it's that knowing the cool air is coming, the leaves are going to fall, football, mm. pumpkin beverages. Yeah. Uh, maybe switching over from ice to hot coffee, though I tend to drink iced coffee year round. Yes. So it's, it's just, there's a, um, there's an energy about summer that shifts when you get to the fall. And I, I look forward to that shift. Yeah. It's exciting. Fall is my favorite season. I don't know about you. Is it yours favorite? Same. Yeah. Yep, it's my favorite. It's great season. And to me, it's great. Because you got, as a sports fan, obviously football's back, playoff baseball, NBA, NHL are back. It's exciting. So much to do. And then, of course, on top of that, you have the beautiful scenery, the changing weather, the pumpkin drinks, like you mentioned, Halloween, Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. So the not-so-scary good... Halloween party, the very Merry Christmas party, all the good Disney stuff comes along. I, I love the fall season at Disney. That's true. Although the Disney stuff tends to be done, you know, they start that well in advance. They're already on the Christmas party for 2024 right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like the Madden video game is just coming out and it's already labeled 24. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a great reference, by the way. Um, well, tonight, Dean, you and I are going to be just chatting about our recent trip to the Orlando area. Uh, just uh, talking about some thoughts on the trip, our experiences in Disney World. I'll share some thoughts about Universal Orlando and uh, by the way, I've taken to really calling it Universal Orlando. I used to always say Universal Studios, but it technically, if you're talking about the whole location, it's Universal Orlando Resort. It's got to be distinguished from the other Universals around the world. That is true. Uh, Dean, did you have a good summer? I had a fantastic summer. We uh, we normally do our, our annual pilgrimage, summer pilgrimage at least, in July to Walt Disney World. Uh, and that got delayed this year. Uh, we had some other activities going on. So we had a little trip down to Pennsylvania and D.C. area. And then we had a trip up to Lake George. And mm. so the Disney trip came much later uh, in the middle of August. Um, and it's interesting because my wife used to work in a school. And when she did that, she was very excited to go to Walt Disney World as soon as the school year ended to start mm -hmm. the summer. Sure. And this year, our trip ended on August 21st. My son went back to school the following week. So our trip very much felt like the end of summer. Right. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I did. Uh, I mean, any Disney trip, you know, this is a first world problem to complain about what time of the summer you get to go to Walt Disney World. That's true. Um, it, it's interesting because I really like the, in some ways, I like the anticipation all summer. But then in other ways, I was like, oh, can this trip get here already? And so right. I felt like I was fast forwarding through my summer to get to my Disney trip. I know the and sensation. Now we're back to the sort of the, the hit the routine again of, of the school year. So um, the, some real benefits of going in August, you know, lower crowds and mm -hmm. just a different, um, different themes going on. Like we just talked about at Disney, you know, kicking off the, the uh, early holiday seasons, but 
uh, yeah, it's, it was just a, it was a different trip for us. I haven't, I had not been to Disney World in August, I think, since 2000. Okay, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I think people get settled into their routines. So if you're used to going a certain time of year, you kind of anticipate that. And to not go during that time kind of throws you for a loop. For me, I'm, I've been used to going in August, although we went later in August this summer than previously. And it's kind of something I look forward to every August. For you, as someone who frequents July, you associate it with, I'm sure, July 4th and everything else. And not to be there for that, it's just different. Yeah, we, we've, we've seen the July 4th fireworks a number of times now. And it, you know, we're talking a trip that was only six weeks later than our typical timing. Right. But somehow it just changed the whole dynamic. And not all in a bad way. I'm not trying to say it was bad. We had a sure. fantastic time. You got to see a particular friends, podcaster. Uh, stalked my favorite podcaster. So, it, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, we did things that we could do in Disney World in August that aren't available in July. Right, like the Halloween and party, for example. Like the Halloween party, like right. like food and well, actually, food and wine festival is available in July now, <laughs> but true. not not July fourth. Um, so yeah, so it was just a, uh, you know, it's everybody has their own little like Disney career list. They want to stay at every resort or eat at every uh, every food establishment. Maybe going in every single month of the year is another one of those career Disney milestones people try to hit. Interesting. I never th- I never heard of that one, but that's a good one. Yeah, I think I've been in every month except March and May. Yes, I have not been in March. I've not. I don't think I've been in May either. Um, interesting. We'll have to think about this now. Have to keep a calendar. <laughs> well, I've done the marathon, so I've been there in January. Right. I know I've done February. I know I've done April because we have school vacations then. Right. I've done June, July, August. We did September the year my son was born and then i know i've done october to december so it's just just march and may at this point right something tells me you'll reach that goal sooner rather than later it's it's like i just drew a line in the sand and now i gotta get to that goal (laughs) right right (laughs) um so scott how was your summer summer was good uh it was definitely not a summer to watch some quality yankees baseball this has been one of the worst yankee seasons we've had in a long time but i've enjoyed the summer enjoyed traveling to uh florida Earlier in the summer, went on a wonderful trip to Canada, was up in Montreal and Toronto, uh, Niagara Falls, which I really enjoyed. Probably not going to do an episode about it, but had some wonderful, wonderful uh, times there. Uh, And from a sports perspective, got to see a game at the Rogers Center in Toronto, which I highly recommend. Such a very cool, cool and unique stadium. And uh, now uh, getting in the fall mode. So uh, but with that, even though fall may technically be here, at least from an unofficial perspective, Let's take a step back to the summer of 2023 and talk a little bit about our Orlando trip. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to be kind of jumping around, going from topic to topic. And Dean, you and I had an amazing experience this summer because we both stayed simultaneously one floor apart, directly one floor at the Contemporary Hotel. At this literally direct like uh, if we jumped up and down you heard us stomping on the ground you were one floor below us in the exact same room which is just yes not you know quite honestly like the whole thing really wasn't planned uh, no you didn't plan our trip and we didn't plan your trip around when each other was going the hotel stay wasn't planned uh, going to the the halloween party was uh probably a little bit planned although it yes. seemed to be the date that was most convenient for both of us but it was just uncanny that uh, you guys showed up you checked in and all of a sudden you're literally one floor below us it was uh it was was, surreal we would get on one floor and then you would get on the the next floor and we would see you and we would take pictures of each other on our phones (laughs) and and the the funny thing is that we took that picture like 
several times. Yes. It never <laughs> got old. It was such a shock. <laughs> never got old. Uh, but Dean, what were your thoughts about staying at the Contemporary Hotel? Um, so I've stayed there a couple times before. This was the first time with the Incredibles retheme and, and refurb. Uh, I really like what they did with the resort. I, I love those updates. I don't think it's too much in your face Incredibles. Some of the touches are a little bit a little bit over the top. You know, the pillows that are very obviously character pillows. Right. Uh, but even that didn't bother me. I, I still think they've been true to the idea of being contemporary. Uh, the lobby area is is very pretty, um, very nicely done. I thought cozy. We actually hung out there a couple nights. One night we saw you guys walking in as we were hanging out down there. That was actually our last night on, on the trip. Um, the rooms are really well appointed. Wait, so They're... when you say cozy, is that the name of the lobby area? No, I'm just saying it was cozy to hang out in. Oh, was, oh was... got it. Okay, sorry. I, I, I think sometimes people hear or see a, quote, contemporary design. And, you know, the chairs have a little bit funky angles or shorter pillows, and they think it's not going to be a comfortable place to hang out. We had a great time just sitting down in that lobby area, sitting on some of those couches. Mm -hmm. um, not right where the kids watch the TVs, but it was the next section over, right around from the coffee shop. Right. Uh, but the, the contemporary is great. I used to be very negative on their pool. Uh, I think that's a little better than I remember, or maybe it's refurbed. And I just it was definitely the... redone uh, yeah, relatively recently. I, it was a clean it, pool, very clean. Yeah, it the the layout design and even the slide, it didn't seem radically different to me from our last day there, but maybe it was. Uh, right. But I really enjoyed the pool area, although it got so hot a couple of those days. It was actually almost too hot to go in the yes. pool. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, the, the restaurants are good. The rooms are fantastic. The amenities are nice. And the location is the best on property. So I love staying at the Contemporary. How about you? Did you enjoy yeah, the, no, I, the resort? Uh, I, I kind of have the same feeling as you. I was actually saying to someone earlier today that one of the great things about the Contemporary Resort is that the Incredibles theming, which could have been too over the top, really was not that way. I would not have been a fan of it if it was in your face all the time. And yeah, when yeah. I was in the room, yeah, of course, there's incredible touches, like the pillows that you mentioned, designs in the closet. There was, uh, you know, different pictures. Yeah, the theming in the rooms, uh, it was not, not too much. And uh, I agree. I thought it was an extremely comfortable hotel, whether it would be uh, sit. Uh, actually, one thing that comes to mind is we were going back to the room and the housekeeping was there. So we needed a place to go relax. And we went outside the uh, I guess it's the Grand America Ballroom or something like that on the second floor, which, by the mm -hmm. way, is the ballroom where Richard Nixon made his famous speech where he said, I am not a crook. Um, and I got a chance to peek inside there because the door was open and it's very much 1970 style, which is pretty cool, but uh, very comfortable seating. And there were people at every couch location some of them doing work some of them sleeping some of them just relaxing <laughs> so lots of good spots the shopping is always great at the contemporary and staying there was really fun uh the two main stores in the lobby had many products to offer definitely made some merch purchases including you and i each got this fantastic incredibles contemporary mug which i love yeah. drinking coffee from that is my new regular coffee mug now yeah it's great it's really great i also got an orange bird mug at the gift shop there uh, yeah, I think that's some of the best shops of, of any hotel. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And one of the things I like about Disney hotels in general, but you especially feel it at the contemporary because of the way the hotel is structured. I like staying at a hotel that's got a real bustling feel to it. So you could go out of your room at 1030 at night and the stores are open till 11. And be, if you're in the main tower like we were, you just look at the lobby and there's so much action. You have the monorails running, you have people shopping, and this is at night. And that nonstop action never ended and it wasn't such that 
the noise was overwhelming. I didn't, you know, it was not bothersome at all. No, you close your door, you go to sleep. You're not even going to hear it. You might hear the electric light parade come by, or I'm sorry, the water pageant come by. Which was cool. Uh, I like that. That was very cool. But, uh, but I, yeah, the, it's an interesting thing. And it's something important to think about when people are thinking about where they want to stay. You know, it's, we're, we're dealing a lot of the pros, but the contemporary is a destiny destination hotel for other people. Right. Uh, everybody wants to come eat at Chef Mickey's. Everybody wants to ride the monorail. And they go right through your resort on a regular basis. Uh, California Grill, a really popular restaurant. So if you want a, a resort feel that's much more sort of less bustly, more private, right. contemporary is not the one to go to. Definitely. Uh, because not. The, there is a, a kinetic energy in that place from sunrise to sunset and beyond. Because uh, you're right. It, we, had, we had the same experience. We'd pop out of our room 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and it's not quiet dead hotel time it's there's still lots of stuff going on monorail still running people still shopping arcades still pumping it was was, there's a lot going on there and as a result sometimes the elevators could be quite busy we had some issues with the elevators those are what you just mentioned about it being a destination hotel and the elevators were the two biggest i would say negatives not that they were overwhelming negatives because i loved my stay there but the two things that stand out as being on the negative side yeah, the only other thing I would add is I know some people don't like conventions in their hotel, yes. and this is a convention hotel. So we definitely saw folks in somewhat work attire, wearing name badges, hanging out at Contempo Cafe. Right. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I love seeing people work while I'm on vacation. Yes. It makes me appreciate my vacation even more. Very but true. I, I, I know that can be a negative for some. And some of the nicest hotels on Disney property have convention capabilities including for example coronado Springs. so you go to grand destino yeah. you very very good chances are going to see a convention dolphin swan yacht club yacht club had a convention okay. going on when i was yeah. there the um anyhow yeah contemporary was great did take advantage of the monorail uh you know i'm, I'm gonna make a comment it's not really a negative but it's just an observation one day we were going to epcot from the contemporary and taking the monorail and as you know, you have to take it to the transportation and ticket center and then switch monorails, even though it's convenient because it all is connected back to the contemporary. It still is a little bit of a hassle to do that. And on the way back from Epcot on this very hot day, the monorails AC was broken and it was very slow. There were a lot of, I guess, traffic issues on the monorail or people getting on. And it was, it, it doesn't always run as smoothly as you would like from that perspective. Yeah, and even if it does, the the way back is the tough one because you monorail back to the, the transportation ticket center, right. switch, and then you're stopping at all the other stops before including you Magic go back Kingdom. to the Contemporary, including Magic Kingdom. And it, it's always busy at the Magic Kingdom stop. There's always a ton of people getting on. Right. The, the morning trip to Epcot's kind of nice because it's one stop to the TTC. Yes. Switch and you go. But you're right. If you got those hot days, you got to switch over and then you might make for a monorail, it's not always as convenient as maybe just hopping on a bus and going. Right. Um, but we had our uh, rental car over there. So even though that convenient way to get to Epcot was available, mm-hmm. we didn't always take the monorail. We did a couple times, but a couple times we drove too. Right. There's something to be said for that. Uh, to me, the best feature in terms of getting to the parks that you get from staying at Contemporary is, is the fact that it's very walkable to the Magic Kingdom. Every time we went to the Magic Kingdom, we would just walk there. It would be about a 10-minute walk. Um, it's actually kind of a – they warned us. They said, watch out for the traffic on World Drive. And there was one point where I saw like three cars blatantly run red lights. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So you really have to be careful. But um, 
it's it's very easy to walk to the Magic Kingdom from there. And that was great, especially coming back from the Halloween party, which we'll get to in a, in a minute or two, uh, to be able to walk back to the hotel rather than have to take a boat to the TC, T, TTC or get on a bus. And, you know, knowing our luck, we'd arrive as the bus was leaving and have to wait for <laughs> like the morning. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh, overall, though, I got to say, this was the first time I stayed at the Contemporary. And, and I loved it. We, we all did. And uh, absolutely would stay there again. Probably would want to stay at the Grand Floridian when it comes to Magic Kingdom hotels, because that would complete the cycle for me in terms of I've stayed at Poly, stayed at Contemporary. And I would love to stay at Grand Floridian. But this was a wonderful, wonderful hotel experience. Yeah. The other nice part about that walkover is you hit the security line during the walk. So it's, it's kind of early in the walk. Once you cross that World Drive intersection. And you feel like that's going to be backstage driving. It's not. That's a very much a live road. So you're, you're right. You have to be careful crossing there. Yes. Uh, but then there's a almost nobody in front of you in line security stop right there. And then you've made it through the, the security gates at that point. So once you arrive to Magic Kingdom, it's just go have fun. Um, yes. The interesting thing about this summer is Polynesian has construction going on with the new DVC getting put up. Grand Floridian, the entire lobby is under construction. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad we chose Contemporary. Yes. That's the one monorail resort that wasn't really experiencing any sort of construction. No doubt about uh, it. Because, you, you know, Disney doesn't slash prices when you're under construction. They just let you know it's there and, and you move on your way. Uh, so yes. I was happy that we were there and not having to deal with those kind of issues. And from a price perspective, there were, were some very good discounts available at Disney hotels this summer, which uh, yeah, it's always contemporary. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always nice to see those those better discounts hit and. You know, there was a time there where we used to be able to rely on the discounts sort of in the, the 2002 to 2010 range. And then for a while, people were thinking dis discounts were phasing out, but there was some good stuff available. And, and, you know, always check whether it's Disney Visa, Disney Plus, General Public, Florida rate, if you're a Florida per resident. So, um, yeah, there were some good ones available this summer and you and I both were able to take advantage. Now, my next question for you, Dean, is a very specific question related to a particular snack at Ooh. Disney's Contemporary Hotel, which you and I both had. I had it after you told me about it. It's available at the Contempo Cafe, <laughs> and that's the Minnie Mouse Cinnamon Roll. The uh, the Minnie Mouse Cinnamon Roll is uh, it's an interesting one, right? I mean, that just from the size perspective, massive. The, the, it's massive, and the weight backs it up. Like, that is not a light, fluffy cinnamon roll. It's pretty dense. Right. It's it's pretty compact dough. It's covered in, like, a frosting, frosting icing yes. type cover. Uh it, it'd be a pretty like almost like a, a was that a show on food network like man meets food or something man yeah it would food. be a challenge it, it would it would be a challenge to take down one of those it yes uh, did you I like was it? shocked at the size of it i was shocked it was extremely sweet if you check out the yes. stuff with the podcast instagram page and maybe our twitter account as well you'll see that i posted a photo of this cinnamon roll it was definitely one of the most unique snacks i had during my entire trip because of the physical size of it yeah, I think it's one of those, if you're a, a non-sweetened coffee drinker, like if you like your coffee just cream or black, it'd right. be a nice contrast to have the really sweet treat mm. with the bitters of the coffee. Um, but I sweeten my coffee, so that wouldn't hold up for me. Right. But yeah, we, we did not attempt that more than once, and we definitely shared it. Yeah. But it was a cool treat to have. I, I hadn't seen that anywhere else before. No, neither have I. And then uh, next question related to contemporary, I want to talk to you about Two restaurant experiences, which you, you and I both had, one of which was done together, one of which was done separate, and that's breakfast at Steakhouse 71 and dinner at California Grill. Why, why don't we start at Steakhouse 71? Uh, because uh, that was, to me, very good. Had you been there for breakfast before? 
had not been there for breakfast before. We had done a dinner there before, and it wasn't my favorite experience we had for dinner. I would try it again. I definitely think there's quality menu, quality stuff. I think our night was just off. Our server mm-hmm. was a little bit too in your face. I think we were a little bit moody. Uh, but having read the breakfast menu, knowing they had a couple of unique things there, like a, a seasonal pancake and waltz hash and things like that, we and being so convenient, we wanted to try it. Now, I'll say this. You don't need a dining reservation there. Right. Uh, that That's a pretty easy one to pop into. Uh, it's one that if you do early morning at Magic Kingdom, maybe you make a little bit later in the morning uh, reservation and monorail over. Uh, we did the very early breakfast. So we we uh, had breakfast at 730. There's literally two tables in that entire restaurant being served right. the time we got there. Yeah, that's interesting. We were a little later. I don't recall exactly what time, but maybe four or five tables in the entire restaurant. Yeah, and, and despite that, and this is not unique to Disney, but sometimes at restaurants, if it's that empty, the service actually gets worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was not our experience. We had a wonderful server, um, talked us through the whole menu, talked us to us about uh, allergies. They were very accommodating there. Mm-hmm. And I did get Walt, Walt's hash. Um, it was really good. I, I, you know, I think as good as some folks have advertised, but my breakfast paled in comparison to my wife getting those seasonal pancakes. Yes. That's what I ordered. That's what my wife ordered. That's the uh, cinnamon pecan pancakes, I believe, was the flavor. Yeah, it was like cinnamon pecan roll pancake or something. It was, yes. it was decadent. We, you, oh. you got to eat it as your breakfast. Why don't you describe it? It was just fantastic. It was, without question, the best breakfast I had on the uh, during the course of the entire trip, even exceeding the macadamia nut pancakes over at Kona, which were great as always, and I love them. But okay, the- That's controversial. That's a, that's a hot take right there. I will stand by that. This and uh, again, <laughs> I, I feel I have some credibility here because I love Kona, and this is not a knock on Kona. I'm just saying that these pancakes at Steakhouse 71 were phenomenal. What made them great was that they were not over like like that uh, mini cinnamon bun was overwhelming in the decorations. This was not that way. They were very much still traditional pancakes, and the flavor was there but really didn't overpower it. It just was presented in a beautiful way and enhanced the meal. You tasted the cinnamon. The pecans were great. They were just fresh and they added this great contrast between the sweetness from the cinnamon dressing and uh, and the pecans themselves. Just a phenomenal meal. With, uh, the best breakfast of the trip. I don't think anything even remotely cl- comes close. And, and they managed to stay fluffy. Which was yes. the amazing part to me. Like I thought a, a cinnamon roll pancake was going to be very heavy and weighed down. Not the case. Those right. were really good. Yeah. So for example, I'm trying to think of a uh, you know, I've had Disney breakfasts before where, like you said, you, they could get weighed down. Oh, yeah. Dean is currently showing me a picture of that uh, meal. And you know, that was not the case here. They were fresh all the way through. It was presented in a very stylish way. It was just really unique. I, I loved it. And Dean, by the way, was your waitress there from Liverpool, England? No. Okay. Because we had a waitress from Liverpool, which of course I noticed because as, uh, as a Beatles fan, I noticed yeah, yeah. that. And she was a fantastic waitress. Just wonderful. I, I wish I knew her name. I would mention it on the air here. But wonderful, wonderful waitress. Yeah, and the manager that morning was from Georgia. And uh, she, she was a very sweet woman and a very thick accent. And she oh. just like she was the one who greeted us when we got to the restaurant. And it yes. just kicked the whole experience off, like to be really, it was like old school Disney, like really welcoming, right. not in a fake way, like not in a, I have to do this because it's my job. Like 
I think she really liked the having people come to the restaurant and enjoyed your, your presence. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That could there could be perhaps no better compliment to give something at Disney World now than to say it's old school Disney. That's something yeah, that we, we fans look for. I also really love the decorations at the restaurant, the photos on the wall, the shape of the furniture, the bar area, uh, the decor in the actual restaurant itself. It's really it's great. It's it's a fun place. And Dean is so currently now, now I'm showing Scott another photo. Do, uh, Scott can see what this is. Obviously not a video podcast here, but uh, my son does. And I'm not going to hit this on every meal, but my son has a gluten and a dairy allergy. And one of those is easy to do, but having both is tough. Yeah. Um, these guys were able to accommodate him with his own pastry tray. And it had uh, two different types of muffins, two different types of donuts, all gluten. And actually, I think they were all top nine allergy friendly. Uh, and they were fantastic. Uh, it was, you know, again, the, he liked being able to or pretty much order off the regular menu, have things accommodated or modified for him. And, you know, and this breakfast was no exception. It was fantastic. Yeah. The testament to the Disney uh, staff and their kindness, really. This is an area where they do, for the most part, excel very well. But, Scott, there was a a, a meal that took place uh, 15 floors higher. Well, I guess 14 floors higher, technically. A meal that will be talked about for ages. Uh that meal was California Grill. The day that we arrived at the Contemporary, so you were there before us, but the day we checked in, we got together for this meal. And we we went into the meal, I think, Dean, with a little bit of trepidation because we had been to California Grill way back when it was a traditional non-price fixed menu, a la carte. Then we were going to go, talking about, about us, not you, in December, but they had this price fix menu and we decided to, to bag it. They still have a price fix menu and we were, Oh, is this going to be worth it? And I got to tell you, Dean, we, I think we both agree. It was uh, first off. I will begin by saying that California grill is one of the most aesthetically impressive restaurants in all of Walt Disney world. The views from up there, this, the restaurant itself, the spacing of the tables, the wine display, when you get off the elevator behind the hostess desk, a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant. Open kitchen as well. Yeah, I agree with all that. And uh, we had the same experience that you did in that year, December. We were there in February yeah, and wanted to go to California Grill. And the same thing. I mean, it, and it wasn't so much the prefix menu. And it's, I think if I remember correctly, it's like $89 for adults and maybe half that for uh, kids. And again, D- Disney Child, so it's under 10. Um, it's a lot, right? But if you sit down at most high-end me- menus and you look at getting an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, it comes to about that per person anyway. Uh, yes. But I just didn't like the menu that much uh, for right. the 50th anniversary menu. This current menu, I thought, had a lot of improvements on it, including bringing back some old favorites. Uh, and so I think we both had taken a look and said, yeah, you know what? This is, it just works out. It's in our resort. It's the nice, you know, sort of the, the signature restaurant in our resort. Um, and the menu's a lot better than it was in the previous iteration. So I was excited to go here. I, I know. Um, my whole family was looking forward to it. It was, let's see, the fourth day of our vacation, I think, mm-hmm. down there, third or fourth day. So it was nice to, you know, we had done a couple of sit downs. We had done a couple of uh, quick serve dinners at that point. So it was kind of nice to to pivot back to a sit down and have a sort of a that high end experience. Uh, yes. And California Grill by itself can be easily a 90 to two hour dinner. Uh, but when you get there with a, a large table and you're catching up with friends and um, I think dinner lasted close to three hours for us, if three I remember hours. correctly. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely the longest dinner of the trip, but it was, I think, the best. I think that was my number one meal, uh, hands down. Definitely the company made it the number one meal, but the food was also number one. Uh, why don't we talk a minute or two about some of the dishes we ordered? I'll begin by talking about on the appetizer side of things. It was a burrata dish with balsamic vinaigrette and basically, you know, bubble tea where you have the bubbles that pop in your bubbles. mouth when you that's what this was, balsamic vinaigrette in these bubbles. So unique. I never had had anything like that before. And it was fantastic. That was my opening dish. And my wife had a sushi opening dish, which you had as well. It was the rainbow roll? Yes, that was really good. Yes. What was your entree? You had the pork, right? I remember I went this, with I... the pork. Yeah. The, so the pork is a classic dish there. They, they do pork three ways. That's a pork belly. It's a pork tenderloin. And I, I forget what the third iteration of it was. Um, and they've always kind of tweaked it here and there, different veggies, different sauce, whatever. But that's one of those things I was referencing when I said they kind of brought back some old favorites. Yeah. Um, that that big raviolo that somebody had as their appetizer. I forget who. Uh, maybe yes. my wife, actually. It was. The um, goat cheese ravioli. Yeah. So that that's a classic. They had dropped off the menu they brought back. So um, those kind of returns to the menu really drew us in. And then, um, yeah, the. I can't say enough good things about how they make pork there. It's, it's uh, you obviously got to like pork in order for it to work, uh, sure. but it's a, uh, it, it was a good take on an old classic and old favorite and um, everything was cooked to perfection on that dish. Yeah. It, it looked great. I had the filet as my entree and it was wonderful. My wife was choosing for dessert between the creme goulet and a dessert cheese plate they offer, which was very unique. And the waiter, very nice guy, surprisingly brought her both which was great. Yeah, I love cheese nice plates and I've never had a dessert up. cheese plate. That was something else. That was good. It was, uh, it was, yeah. it was a nice little uh, bonus uh, you know, to be brought over. Um, I did get that creme brulee. The creme brulee was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I had the chocolate my, cake. Very great chocolate cake. Yeah. My, my wife uh, also got that chocolate cake. Ironically, yours came with a, a white chocolate twill over the top and hers didn't, uh, which uh, yeah. was okay. Cause she doesn't like white chocolate. So yeah, that Dean, just Dean, that's a podcaster thing. It, it makes it, sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, but my son ordered off the regular menu. They have a, a banana peanut butter tort. Yes. And honestly, having tried my dessert, my wife's dessert and his, it was the best one on the, on the table. Wow. It was unbelievable. And it was no modification. It wasn't like, hey, here's your, your gluten sensitive dessert. It was just like a really good dessert that happened to not have dairy or gluten in it. That's very interesting. That's that's good to know. The um, Another thing that's great about California Grill, the sourdough bread. They bring you to start the meal is very yeah. distinct and they bring it with butter and some type of tomato based thing. I don't even know what it is, but it was yeah, delicious. It was like a, almost like a tomato tepanade. And I could have just eaten that by the spoonful, which I started to do at the table. <laughs> there, there was no shame at this dinner. The drinks no, were flowing. And, and I, I feel bad. I can't remember his name. Our server was fantastic. Oh, uh, he was I a, wish I knew his name. Too. I want to call him wonderful. Steve. Steve. He was okay. Steve. It wasn't Steve. Let's call him. Uh, let's uh, just pretend it was because he was awesome. Finally, um, the, the waiter was Bob Chapek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did go into the app after that meal and uh, do the cast compliment to him because you did good. He good just he just took the time with everybody. Uh, he was making wine recommendations, as you said. He, he brought the the cheese plate over to your wife when she couldn't decide between the two right. desserts. Uh, he acknowledged some birthdays that were going on at the table. That's true. Uh, like he just he, he was on top of everything. It was fantastic. It was. Again, you know, the, the old tribute, it was old school Disney old school service. Disney. It was it was really good to experience. It's such a wonderful meal. It's so, so great. Um, and then after the dinner, we went and watched the fireworks from the, I guess it was the fourth floor? The fourth right floor, at the lobby. Yeah. yeah, right at the lobby. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we could have gone back up and done it from the 15th floor, but we, yes. we stayed down on the fourth floor in a, you know, a, a place of how many hundreds of thousands of people vacationing. I ran into somebody I knew there. So That's it's, true. It's so weird. I'll never forget that. That'll be a moment. Uh, we'll be talking about decades from now on, on the uh, podcast. Look back. But um, anyhow, yeah, it was it was wonderful. The just a great Disney night that was. You know, you have these certain nights that stand out as you go to Disney over the years. And that was hands down one of them. A lot of people wouldn't want to give up an evening like that when they could be like, oh, I'm going to go to Magic Kingdom at night. I'm going to go catch up at studios at night. But there was something about that evening, knowing we were just going to relax, maybe yes. use the arcade, go through the stores, watch the fireworks from our resort. Uh, that We just kind of kicked back and relaxed. Like I said, it was it was a legitimate three-hour dinner. Yes. Uh, and then we hung out afterwards and, and did watch the fireworks. And it was it was as fun and exciting and, and enjoyable as being in a theme park for that long. So no you, doubt you don't have it. to just be in theme parks to have a good Disney trip. Yes. And I find that, uh, that that's a good bit of advice for travelers, whether you've been there a lot like we have, or even if you haven't and you have the flexibility on time where perhaps you're there on, let's say, a six night trip, take a night and just do something more chill. Doesn't have to you know, the theme parks. Yeah. For me personally speaking, they. I don't want to say they stress me out, but it's a lot, especially yeah. in the heat. If you're there, uh, yeah, you know, from it, morning, it, it, yeah, it gets exhausting. Those, it those does get exhausting. And we were not there really in the afternoons. We would be swimming or resting in the AC and going back at night. You know, there's one night we were at Epcot, and we were walking through the park as the fireworks were getting out, and there was just so many people. Yeah. And every time I go to Disney, I'm just kind of amazed at how many people are there, even if it's at a time of year, which is technically less busy. There's still well, going to be tons of people there. Yeah, that that was the thing. Is the, I was looking forward to those days of like short lines and right. saying, hey, this is a school day for the locals in Florida because we're there the you know, second, third week of August. Maybe a little bit, you know, so maybe the secondary attractions, the lines were a lot shorter. But the headliners, man, you know, Seven yes. Dwarfs Mine Train was rolling up 70 to 85 minute waits routinely. Space Mountain hit an hour plus like the, the, the big guys still had major, major waits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did. And, um, you know, we waited for Rise of the Resistance. We did not buy the Lightning Lane. And it was in it was quite a wait. I would say it's probably ended up being an hour, 15, hour and a half. And this was in the morning. So it it was busy. It really was. I, I did pay for the lightning lane for rise and we ended up in some weird B mode version of it. Right. Uh, they walked us in through the, through some door that I had never experienced before. And we walked into the stormtrooper room. Right. That's how your that, experience started. That's how our ride started. Right. I, I did not story want to continuity the, when you do that. It, it, well, if you like, I don't know if it was better to know or not know. Like I, you know, I've ridden that a bunch of times before, so I knew what I was missing out on. And like, you know, I, I suppose I could have gone and argued with somebody and said, Hey, I paid and you only gave me half the experience, but uh, that wasn't the point. I, it, sometimes when goofy things happen on your ride, uh, it actually makes a, a little bit of a memory. Right. And so I'm, I'm just taking this one in stride and saying, Hey, isn't that, it's almost shocking though. Like I, we, they walk us through this hallway. I'd never been down before. And they open up a door and like, okay, here's where your, your attraction starts. And boom, right. you're in the stormtrooper. You'll it's always remember that. Just like on this yeah. trip, we were on Pirates of the Caribbean and the ride broke down. The lights came on and workers actually put on thick overalls and got in the water and were manually pushing boats, taking us to an exit. Wow. I'll never forget that experience. Yeah, that's, yeah, getting evac'd off an attraction is always a, a memory builder. That's true. Um, 
Dean, let's talk for a moment about the Halloween party because we both attended the same night. This was the Friday night party when we were there. And uh, it's always weird going to a Halloween party in August. Technically, you could be going to Halloween parties now. It's still a ways to go before Halloween. But um, give me your overall thoughts on the Halloween party this year. The um, Yeah, so it's been a while since I was at a Halloween party before this year. And we've always been Halloween celebrators. And and we like to do themed costumes. As I thought about it, like the, the temperatures in August, you know, the party starts at seven, but you can get in at four. Right. And even at seven, it was still really hot. Yes. So long story short, we, we for went for goad. <laughs> we passed on getting costumes. Um, and so we went with just themed T-shirts together. And um, it didn't take away from it. And I'd say from what I saw, not a lot of people in costumes at August parties. That's true. Um, and I think that'll pick up as they get closer to, to Halloween. And so I right. bet parties now have more costume wearers than the early ones did. Um what I find fascinating about the Halloween party is you can't do everything. And there's a lot of different ways to do the party. And I know some folks like to concentrate on rare character meets and there definitely were those, right? Jack and right. Sally is always a cool one. Stitch was in his Elvis costume. You can get all seven dwarves in one shot like that. King of hearts, Mad Hatter. Yeah. So, I mean, but if you commit to those, you could take up your whole night bouncing from line to line to meet characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to focus more on the fireworks, the parade, the stage show. Uh, didn't really do a dance party, but walked by at least two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, and then take advantage of some of the short lines for the, the attractions. I know you guys were very much into taking advantage of short lines. I think I remember you told me that was your first uh, Magic Kingdom. Yes. For that trip, first Magic Kingdom experience for that trip. So, you had, I don't know how many people they allow into these parties, 25, 30,000 people, whatever it is, all doing the party in their own way. And some people right. just like to trick or treat and, and walk home with, you know, 15 pounds of candy. Which you um, could do for sure. I, I thought the party was excellent. We actually stayed till the end. Uh, so it was definitely our latest night of the vacation. I, I say till the end. I think we probably started heading out at uh, at 10 or 12. Right. After um, having been there for many hours. Yeah, we 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 got in before six. Uh, we actually did dinner at Contempo Cafe that night and then walked over. Uh, and I think you guys were like right behind us, too. Yes. Um, so you you got in shortly after we did. It was interesting, though, because getting in at that point, 6 p.m. is when the day guests are kicked out. That's when the park officially closes. We got into the day guest line at 530 uh, because the party line, if you only had party tickets and didn't have a Magic Kingdom pass that day, the mm-hmm. party line was enormous. It was long. And, yeah, and we so- were on there. It took a long time. Yeah, so we, we, a little pro tip, if you have an annual pass or if you've already gone into a theme park that day and either you have the Magic Kingdom pass or a park hopper, get there before six and just go through the regular line. Because right. then once you're inside, they have a couple stations where you can go get your bracelet for the party that night. And that's what we ended up doing. Yes. Um, but Good advice. I, yeah, I, I love the party. I, I don't, you know, I'm never going to answer the question, is it worth it? It was worth it for my family. We have really good memories. We had a fantastic time. Um, probably the best parade that Disney puts on now. Mm-hmm. Is that booty you parade? Uh, and um, you know, I got to meet a couple of celebrities. I had a, a, a sure. fantastic ride experience, uh, for sure. So, um, and actually, speaking of ride experience, some of the rides are, are rethemed or you know, sort of overlays, if you will. So, we got yes. to do a couple of those. So, um, what yeah. about you? I mean, I, you guys are pretty big party goes, uh, yeah. I, I think this is you know, I go to the Halloween party uh, almost every year now. I'm actually going again in a few weeks when I'm down there for my uh, Halloween Horror Nights trip, but. 
the uh, like you said earlier, Dean, we were focused on taking advantage of the lower wait times for attractions, and we really did that. We rode the People Mover, Speedway, Buzz Lightyear, um, Thunder Mountain. Didn't get on Pirates because I believe it closed when we were, I, I, if I recall correctly. But Haunted Mansion, which is always great the night of the Halloween party, uh, Jungle Space Cruise, Mountain. Space Mountain. Yeah, so we did a lot of stuff. And uh, the wait times were never bad. Everything was pretty much a walk on. And did you read the tea? Did you guys ride the tea party? Not this year. Not this year. But they do have a cool Halloween overlay. Yeah, we we did that. That was fun. Yeah. So to me, it's a great thing to do if you're interested on in getting on the attractions. That alone, personally speaking, is worth paying the price of admission for. The uh, atmosphere at the park, you get the Halloween atmosphere. We did a little bit of trick or treating, which was also fun. to me, it's worth it. And we honestly did not do a single thing related to the Halloween party for the most part. We didn't see the fireworks show. We didn't see the Hocus Pocus stage show. And yet, with all of that being said, it was still hands down one of the best nights of the trip. And that was the first time on our trip we had gone to the Magic Kingdom. So right off the bat, I said to myself, okay, we got to take advantage of the quote-unquote lower crowds. And we did that. Uh, it was just wonderful. And like I said earlier, we walked back home to the Contemporary, which was an easy... Uh, easy way to get out yeah. of there yeah because when you're leaving with the masses like i said we, we left right around midnight and it was heavy uh exiting the park at that point so many people were going to the monorail because that's how they're going to get to you know polynesian or, or the ttc or the grand floridian so and, and quite honestly the walk to the monorail is like a third of the distance is the walk to the contemporary anyway right so definitely the walk back is the, is the way to go and how convenient you know to have oh. that uh, as a way to get, get back one disappointment um, I had in the Halloween party this year was that last year, everybody got a complimentary poster, which is oh, hanging up in my house. And this year, there's no complimentary poster. I was really hoping yeah, for that. I, I had heard that, you know, like a giveaway on the way out the door, and, and there was nothing of that this year. Although right. the, the two to three scoops per trick-or-treat stop might have made up for that. <laughs> that is true. It's no exaggeration. They they literally, they they basically dumped you in a, in a bucket of candy at each trick-or-treat stop. It was amazing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Endless candy. Yeah, and there were some cool um, specialty foods, if you will, at the party. So um, we, we had one of the, uh, the ices that they had, and I saw the person eating the finger cookies. Uh, so this, yes. was both, um, this was both at Cosmic Rays. Right. Uh, but apparently they had a spicy chicken sandwich that a lot of people were raving about. I was so there. Was I fun. didn't get it. I should have gotten it, honestly. Yeah, we, we only got the slushy, and it was good. My, my son really enjoyed right. that. And then I think the other thing that we did that um, is definitely party-specific is the merch. So they will yes. pull out merchandise when the party starts at seven o'clock and then they pull it off the shelves at midnight. So it is only available to park goers. Or I'm sorry, party goers for the in the park that day. Uh, I'm so going to try to check this out next time I was there. I, I, I don't uh, I don't I definitely didn't know about that. Yeah, so you can get it's definitely in the Emporium. We shopped at um, Mickey Star Traders. Over yes, in Tomorrowland. Great yeah, it's just less crowded to do it there. And they have the same stuff. It's all the party stuff comes out together. And they yeah, have an I, annual pass exclusive t-shirt if you want to do that. Yeah, I should have done that. Um, but what a night. That was that was another fantastic evening. Uh, Dean, talk about just general other trip thoughts. Um, I know it's a very, very broad question. But that what is if a anything, broad question. What if anything you an, stood out to you? I'll give positive you another, or negative? Yeah, I'll give you another dining highlight. Um, so in, uh, in my, you know, we, we go at least once a year, sometimes two or two or three times in a year. But in our in our number of trips that we've done over the last twenty years, 
we have not been back to Citrico's and yeah. we went to Citrico's the two days after we got married in 20, 2003. So literally 20 years ago. Um, Cause the night we got married, we went to Portobello Yacht Club. The next night we went to Victoria and Alberts and then we went to Citrico's. And uh, I don't know why I hadn't gone back in 20 years. We just hadn't, sure. uh, but they are, you know, much like we talked about the Incredibles and their light theming, uh, light to medium theming at the contemporary Citrico's is rethemed Mary Poppins. And so, you know, wanted to check that out, see the menu, uh, return to a place we hadn't been in 20 years. And it was wonderful. It was definitely the second best. If not, my wife in some ways said it was her favorite meal, just from a food perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily experience, but from the food perspective. And it was great. So we had a really good time there. Um, they brought us champagne to celebrate our anniversary. Uh, we had a nice meal just hanging out. And um, and I liked seeing it there. So that's I, because you're a podcaster. <laughs> It probably had to do with being a podcaster. And uh, I hope my son doesn't think this is a, a rite of passage for him. But as we went into the Grand Floridian, um, the, the piano player was playing and, and we had met him the prior year. His name's Wes and he was playing and he let my son play last year. And so my son played uh, played a song in the Grand Floridian lobby. So we walked up just to, you know, we were a little early for dinner. We, we hung out on the like three couches that are there because the rest of the lobby is under construction. And he looked over at my son. He goes, oh, you're, you're the piano player. Would you like to play again? And so my son got to play the piano in the Grand Floridian Lobby again. He played the, the Pink Panther theme. And he got quite an ovation from uh, everybody else that was already in there. Yeah, that's so awesome. I told him this is, you know, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience he's had twice now. Uh, right. But he, he can't bank on this being <laughs> something he does every year. No, no. That's definitely uh, something that doesn't happen every day of the week at Disney. Yeah. So that's it was, what they yeah. want you to think happens every day of the week yeah. at Disney. No, but it's a special special moment and and it's really meaningful to him he's been working hard at the piano for yeah. i guess seven seven or so years now awesome so he played corolla deville last year got to play pink panther this year and it was uh it's you know it's, it's one of the things he still talks about from vacation yeah that's why well, i don't blame him that's that's a, an awesome experience a memory uh, dean what did you think of the portion sizes at citricos i'd heard mixed things about them um i i didn't notice anything particularly small mm-hmm. Con- um, was it comparable to california grill yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think that's fair it's definitely signature restaurant there. Right, uh, comes with comes with signature restaurant prices, but it's all cart. It's not the the prefix menu. Um, you know, one of the the appetizers we got, my son ordered the pork belly, and it usually comes with croquettes on the side, but he can't eat those. Right, so they took those off and gave him double pork belly. So I'm not sure right. what's the healthiest appetizer, but you can't complain with that modification. That's a, that's an interesting trade off right there. He got the fillet there, much like he did at California Grill. Said they were both fantastic. Hard to pick which one was better. Cool. Uh, really enjoyed the desserts uh, that they had at Citrico's, and uh, yeah, I, I no no complaints. I if you're looking for a signature restaurant, you know, I think there's a lot of other ones that get a little bit more publicity, right? Maybe a little bit more love in the Disney community, but don't sleep on Citrico's. It's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, that's good to know. Uh, I will go there on a future trip for sure. Um, Trying to think what dining experience I would have. Had a wonderful, it's kind of another signature experience, but another great experience at the Yachtsman Steakhouse. Second great experience in a row we've had there. Um, Love the atmosphere there. Love the feel of the restaurant, the way it's decorated and designed. Uh, My wife and I both had the short rib entree, which comes with carrots and mashed potatoes. It's actually a good value for the money if you look at everything else on the menu, which you have to order separately. Uh, great meal and the great uh, rolls they bring you as well. That's something yeah. we don't talk. We should actually do a show the whole about the best bread. bread at Disney. 
Bona Cafe would be up on that list. So what did they have? Because I've been there for breakfast. I haven't been there for so dinner a long time. They used, to have that, they used to have the pineapple loaf, which I think was oh. a little bit more well celebrated. But they have like the Hawaiian rolls, so like that sweet bread roll. Oh. So good. Because we did go there for dinner one night. That was another good dinner. Right. Um, you love we the burger. Looking, yeah. Yeah. My wife raved about the burger there. Um, and she actually modified it. Their, their burger comes with like, it's like two other beefs on there. <laughs> two other meats on there. I forgot what right. it was. But she pared it down. And um, she said it was the best burger she's had in Disney. And that, that's Unbelievable pretty high statement. praise. Yeah, there's a lot of good burgers in Disney World. Right. Uh, dumb question, but how did you get to Yachtsman staying at the Contemporary? Did you we also drive? had a car rental, so we drove. Yeah, you drove? Yeah, we parked there and uh, entered through the convention hall thinking I could walk directly to the lobby. Um, and they they basically <laughs> threw me out and said, I can't go that <laughs> so, uh, They, they didn't fine. recognize you. That's right. That's right. It was not rec- I was in disguise. But uh, I love the Yacht Club Hotel. Uh, I love hanging out there. And Yachtsman Steakhouse was a very, uh, was, a, was a great meal, as was the Boathouse. You know, went twice. I'm, you've, you, you've heard me talk about the Boathouse before. I'm not going to repeat <laughs> myself. But suffice it to say, it was a, a, two wonderful experiences, one for lunch, one for dinner. The only negative I'll say about the Boathouse is that it is extremely, extremely busy, especially for dinner. There are it, just so many people there. You feel it there too when it's busy. It's crowded. Yes, like it, especially it, by the check-in desk. It's like, yeah. stand here. Okay, move over. Got to move here. You know, it's, you feel it. Uh, not that that would stop me from going because it is my favorite restaurant in the world. But you, you do feel it. We uh, Speaking of down to Disney Springs, uh, we did make it to Gideon's this trip. Tell so me more. Went with, the, uh, went with the peanut butter cold brew. Okay, and yes. the cookie, the cookie of the month was a peanut butter cold brew cookie. Right. Uh, so we, I got those together. It was really good. Uh, we ended up getting, I think we got six cookies in total. So I had a coffee cake cookie, which I saved for breakfast one of the days later in the trip. Mm-hmm. And then I think three of the six cookies made them home with us. Oh, wow. Uh, and so they were dessert for like the next week after right. we got home. How was coffee cake cookie? It's fantastic. It might be my favorite one there. Is it year so, round or is it a specialty cook? It's year round, but they only keep it for as long as it's in stock that day. Right. So if you show up at, you know, three, four, five o'clock at night on a busier day, it won't be available anymore. They, right. they really think of it as a morning cookie. Then they have a version of it that they bring out for the evening. It's like the dark coffee cake cookie or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I did not go to Gideon's this trip, uh, but I'll try to go there next time I'm, I'm there. The thing is, there's so much to do, as we all know, for, you know, in terms of dining. And, and you know, we were at Epcot on a very hot day. The temperature was hotter than previous years. And when I got down there, I was thinking to myself, let's see, it feels the same as previous Augusts. I, I think that's an inaccurate statement. You really felt it. And we were at Epcot yeah. walking around. I actually did not have a single thing from the food and wine menu just because I physically couldn't eat in that <laughs> heat. I, I physically couldn't do it. Um, we uh, we did. So we we um, we took advantage of, of the booths because the, well, I'll say this. The first day we got there was a Monday and it was supposed to be the Bacon Brothers playing uh, at the for, the for the concert in america and they backed out or something canceled so they pulled in the fray last minute and i'm a big fan of the fray yes so we we scooted over to epcot uh right upon arrival and went over to see that and um later well, that, that night i had uh I, I thought we were all eating this together it's just kind of a funny story i thought we were all eating this together so uh my wife and my son squatted seats i scooted it into regal eagles i came out with two different barbecue dishes and both of them were gluten-free and, fr- and dairy-free friendly so my son could eat whatever he wanted and um i don't remember what i ordered i think i ordered like a, a half chicken and then the pulled pork 
okay. and got a couple of sides with each of them. So I, I bring it out, and now I know my son had eaten something at one of the booths as we were walking around, and my wife decided she wasn't hungry, and so they still pick on me, laughing at me, saying I was sitting there with my own barbecue buffet <laughs> and <laughs> listening to the music while yes. they were enjoying the concert. But it was really good. It was the first time I'd eaten at Regal Eagle. Uh, and then later in the week, uh, Joey Fatone and Friends was right. playing. And again, the, these are not necessarily A-listers. That, you know, this is not Taylor Swift, for example. Right. Um, but, you know, it's uh, 20 years ago, Joey Fatone kind of was Taylor Swift. You know, NSYNC was yeah. huge. Um, Very so true. I, you know, I, I give Epcot credit for some of the acts that they pull, uh, particularly for the food and wine session uh, for the concert. So it was cool to see both of those guys play. Um, yeah. And, you know, I love the music at Epcot. I think it's a, a really unique, fun feature. Yeah, the the um the later one, the the Joey Fatone one. That when we went to that, I think it was the Saturday night show, and man, Epcot was slammed. And so is that because of, of the concert? Yeah, I think it was a combination of the concert, food and wine, and being a weekend. Right. Um. So that was the one where we ended up and you're going being to there. the German, and of course. Uh, so we went to the German Pavilion and just hit up one of their booths as opposed to the, hey, let's meander around and grab a little bit from yeah. here, a little bit from there, like we had done on the Monday night. Uh, so definitely, even on the lighter crowds, I think the, the point here is the weekends get really busy, uh, especially food and wine stuff that I've got. They do. They definitely do. Um, not much to add to that. I'll just say a couple of quick words about Universal. My universal experience was, I think, pretty similar to previous experiences. We stayed at Portofino Resort, which is a beautiful hotel. It was under construction to the exterior facade, but that was just on a small part of the hotel. It didn't affect the overall trip. It's a great hotel. I'm not going to repeat myself. Previous uh, seasons, I've talked about it. Um, I do love the fact you get the express pass. Uh, The nightly rate was lower than normal because of the construction at the hotel which was oh, something nice. good to take advantage of the um, universal highlight. I, I didn't really do anything new there. Um, so I, I, there's nothing that really stands out. Uh, I, I think just from a general perspective, universal's rides and attractions seem to be better run overall than Disney. Several times on this trip at Disney, we had ride breakdowns. Now this could happen anytime, but it happened a lot this trip. I don't think we had it once over at Universal. So whether there's something to be said for the criticism that Disney's received, that they're just not putting as much money into the park maintenance, could be. I don't know. I don't know enough. I don't know enough to say. But our Universal experience was overall better from a ride stability perspective, from you know a, a ride not breaking down perspective. The, yeah, um, that's a big part. A big part of it when you're focused on sure. the parks. For sure. Uh, did not go to Voodoo Donuts. I guess the one thing I will say again, a great dining experience over at Universal was Big Fire at City Walk. Second time I've been there, it was just great. I had the chicken sandwich, uh, corn pudding on the side, and uh, ordered bread as an appetizer along with maybe a salad. Great, great dining. Just just really, really quality experience. I highly recommend Big Fire. A wonderful atmosphere as well. Cool design restaurant. So that's what stands out about Universal. And I'll be back down there in a few weeks for the biggest night of them all Halloween Horror Nights, which I'll uh, report back on after then. But uh, summer experience at Universal was pretty comparable to what I've had in the past. Uh, if I go back next summer, I may change up the hotel. There's uh, rumors floating around about a Hard Rock stay, but I'm not sure if that's uh, accurate. Excellent stay. The um, the pool at Universal that we did at Portofino, the uh, 
what's the name of the pool? I think it's the Villa Pool. It's the quiet one at the hotel. The water was just so warm, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that you'd be in the water and, and it'd be refreshing, but it wouldn't be like kind of. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of, it, would, it was weird to 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 be in there. But those are the trip highlights. I mean, there's so much more to talk about. But rather than do a day by day day by day summary of what we did, I thought it would be good to kind of just ha- touch on these various highlights. Um, anything else stand out, Dean? Before we go to stuff yeah, I'll, I'll throw out one more thing, and that was yes. I think I think we both did this, although I think our experience was a little, maybe a little bit more productive than yours. Uh, we actually headed off property one day. It was midday. It was super hot. Uh, when we got in the car, the thermometer, not like the sitting in the sun temperature, but actually after driving for a few minutes, mm-hmm. the, the thermometer registered 102. <laughs> so it was legit hot. Uh, we drove down to the outlets and went to the uh, the Disney character warehouse. Yes, as did we. Did we talk yeah, about I thought, this? I don't know if you ever did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought you were, I remember you were going to do it. Um, when we got there, we went midweek and I think it was the, it might actually been the Thursday before we went to California Grow with you guys. Um, it wasn't out the door crowded. And I know sometimes that place can get completely slammed, but man, we got there probably, I'm, I'm guessing it was like two, two 30 in the afternoon. And that store looked more picked over yes. than like any black Friday sale, you know, mid afternoon that you've ever seen. Yes. So it wasn't a super enjoyable experience for us because it was still crowded. Um, but again, not, not out the door crowded, but still crowded. And a lot of stuff had just like, you know, it's just, this sounds so snobby, I guess, but it's like unattractive to shop when the I get whole it. place Completely is, is get disheveled. It. It, the it shopping was just like, experience matters as much as the product itself. If you're in a nice store, but it's presented in an, in a very haphazard way, it takes away the enjoyment of the experience. Yeah. I mean, it looked like they left, you know, a, a, a classroom of kindergartners and said, just go mess everything up and put it all in the wrong spot so we can resort it again. Like that's how bad the store looked. I get it. Yeah. And what was your experience heading out there? Because I remember Same you as telling you, me, guys, honestly, yeah. we were there earlier in the day, but we and we did have a line, which is very tough line to wait in because you got the sun beating down on you in several spots on that line. Probably yeah. waited about 15, 20 minutes, got went inside. I personally didn't get anything, maybe a pin, but I don't know. I didn't even get that. Uh, I think I was so drained from the weight that my interest in buying anything was lessened. I didn't think the selection was that great. It varies based on when you go. People all over the place trying things on, putting them back, knocking things over. It very quickly turns into what I consider to be a messy location. And that's not an insult to the staff or anything like that. I think it's kind of No, like, no, not at all. You, you I just can't keep it's... up with it. It's just impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a combination of like if one shopper comes into your store and, and moves something or unfolds something and doesn't fold it again, it's not a big deal. But this sort of just does such high volumes so right. quickly that there's no way a staff could keep up. No way. And if you see how people shop there, it's very aggressive. They're literally all yeah. over the place. They going from one section to the other, touching things, putting them back in a different location than they were. It's a tough store to manage. Uh, we do try to go there at least once a trip to see what's available. I have gotten some really good stuff at the outlets, but not the past couple of times I've gone, to be honest with you. Nothing really uh, stands and, out. And there are two of them down there. Um, so yes. There's the one on Vineland, which I think is probably the better of the two. Mm-hmm. The other one's a little bit further. I forget what the section or street is called. Um, but the, you know, if is it if Orlando you Premium Outlets? That might be where the other one is. Yeah, yeah, smaller. Um, it's a smaller location. A little smaller, yeah. But, maybe uh, a little less traffic, but still busy. I've only I been say there yeah, once. maybe a little less crowded. So if you're really up for it, you can go check out both on the same trip. Or if right. you pull up to the Vineland one and the lines out the door with a 20 minute late, like you 
20 minute wait like you experienced maybe popped on the other one to check it out yeah for sure and we did some outlet shopping i went to a good lids i always like going to lids <laughs> to see the look and I, I bought a couple football hats um but yeah no, that's uh that was the trip another uh orlando visit in the books wonderful memories and uh gave us some good material as podcasters yeah we had such a good time great trip great company great Indeed. halloween party Great, great party. Absolutely. Um, was it weird for you to be at a Halloween party in August? Not really. Right. I don't think it bothers. I know it bothers some people, but there's also people out there that get bothered about drinking a pumpkin drink before Labor Day or something. That's like, true. Everyone's got, you know, wearing white after Labor Day. There's all these quirky things people go by. That's um, right. It didn't bother me. I'll say this. If I had another trip planned between now and Halloween, I wouldn't have done the Halloween party this time. I probably would have waited like if, I, if the family and I were all going like if right. I had a work thing, I, I, well, I was supposed to have a work thing coming up this month that got moved. Uh, but if I had a work thing coming up, I would pop over there by myself gladly. Yeah. Um, but I was happy to have the family experience and that this was our family trip that had a chance to go to the Halloween party. Definitely not not right. an issue at all. Do it in August. I Maybe it. an issue to do Halloween when it's 97 degrees. out. <laughs> that's true. And like, like you said, the night, it was still hot better than it was during the day because the sun's not out, but it's hot. You feel that humidity. Yeah, it stayed warm that night. I, I mean, it probably, I think when we were there, like the, the overnights were still like in the, in the 80s. Yes. Some maybe Easy. dipped into the oh, high 70s. Sure. But For sure. Uh, you would sweat just standing outside. Yeah. At least I would. I mean, I, I go on the oh, Peloton. Absolutely. I do these workouts as I'm drenched in sweat and I see people doing them in the studio. They're, they don't seem to be sweating at all. But uh, <laughs> maybe they'd be okay. But um, Dean, with that, let's go to the first Stuff We Love segment on season six of the Stuff We Love podcast. So what is your Stuff We Love recommendation? I have a couple of things I'll kind of mention real quick, but go ahead and tell me yours. You know, I, I was racking my brain for this one. It's funny. I was talking to my wife earlier because usually we try to do like either a new album or a TV show or a movie. And she and I were commenting how like, you know, if there's any new TV shows, they haven't really started yet. And so I will tell you that the thing I'm excited about that's coming up is the start of the football season. And so my stuff I love is I'm telling anybody out there, new 50-year veteran of watching football, a fun way to enhance your football experience is to have a fantasy football team. Yes. And you don't need to have any any pre-knowledge on, on how to play fantasy football. Just go join a, a free league. Right. Just have fun with it. Go join ESPN.com or NFL.com and grab a free team and, and pick a fun logo and name your team a goofy name. Uh, and, and see how you can do because it's just a fun thing to pay attention to yeah no, that's a great recommendation that was actually the start of the nfl season was going to be one of mine as well and i i definitely um stand up and vouch for your fantasy football recommendation it's brought a lot of enjoyment to my life as a football fan it's made me a more knowledgeable football fan as well each season the, i agree um, with that i i remember back in god it had to be 99 um we did and actually, it's, it's so I'm in two leagues right now. One of them is with some of my old coworkers and friends. The other one's mostly my family and, and like family friends. And I think it was the genesis of this family league at what the first year my wife was in it. And she, you know, she's knows football. She watched me play football when I played, but she was never one to like sit down and love football. But she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a team. She made right. it to the semifinals. And uh, the only reason she lost was because she had Kurt Warner and he got hurt that game. Okay. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, someone who, again, tangential knowledge of football. She jumped in. She sure. followed a lot of the ESPN recommendations and had had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, that's so, yeah. great. Well, good luck this season in your fantasy teams. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited. Like you said off the top, of, 
you know, we get the start of football, we get the, the playoff baseball, which even with the Yankees thinking this year, playoff baseball is the best baseball. Yeah. And then the start of hockey and, and uh, basketball coming back. So I love the sports season coming up. Uh, but football is uh, you know, the start of football is the sort of the, the mega event, if you will. Yeah, it's interesting, Dean. So you and I are huge sports fans. I know several of our listeners are also very big sports fans. And to me in America, when we look at the four major sports, baseball, football, basketball, and hockey, two of the four sports, the starts of their seasons are very significant, not just in terms of the fact that the sports are back, but what they mean in the calendar. And one of them, of course, is baseball, because when baseball is back, you know, spring is here, summer's not far behind, and you can kind of look even further ahead to the playoff baseball and fall and so forth. And the other one is football, because when football comes, summer is at least unofficially over, and it's just the anticipation for fall. You kind of look ahead, and the games mean so much because it's such a short, it's a short season. And, you know, you think ahead to the fact that this is what you're going to be doing on Thanksgiving, and then it's going to carry you through to the holiday season. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that each game is really like an event. And now each game has its own feel on the broadcast, whether it's watching the Manning cast on ESPN2 or watching a game on Amazon Prime with Al Michaels. Each each way to watch is unique. I just love football. I'm so happy it's back, and I'm I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to this Thursday night's game. Yeah, and I think the start of the football season, as weird as it sounds, is maybe the first time I start thinking about the next year and like celebrating yeah, New Year's and, and I get you know, the fact that the year's going to renew in a right. way. Because you know that, yeah, the, the football season starts, what, September 7th, I guess, this year, this Thursday. Right. But the Super Bowl is going to be February of 24. And so we're going to start thinking about New Year's. It, as strange as that sounds, I start thinking right. about that in September because it's just, you know, this is the beginning of the season. I'm already kind of thinking about how long it runs and, and when it ends. So right. it just helps yeah. that the sports help me keep the, the yearly cycle running. No doubt about it. Um, you know, there's a couple of dead zones, I think, in the calendar of sports. The the I know they call it the dog days of summer with, with baseball. I feel like the post NFL football season. Right. Basketball sort of and hockey are kind of dragging a little. Training. Yeah. yeah that, or the first little, days of spring training. Yeah. Those are those that time drags a little bit. And then the ESPYs used to run on that like one day in the summer. Mm-hmm. when there was no sports at all from the major sports um but that's uh you know that's it otherwise if you're into the big four there's always something to pay attention to yeah absolutely it'll be great we'll definitely be watching football this year um so in terms of my stuff we love like i mentioned i was going to talk about football you know um i said i was going to mention a couple of them and <laughs> now some of them are escaping <laughs> me i did read this really unbelievable article in the new yorker which I think it was called listening to Taylor Swift in prison. And you got to read this article. This is a fascinating article. It's written by a guy who is incarcerated for life in the California penitentiary system. He killed a man and he's older than both you and I Dean, from what I gather. And he talked about how, when he would, you know, I guess in prison, this is something I didn't, you have access to certain things, TV, stereo headphones and things like that really depending on what facility you're at i guess and he talked about becoming a taylor swift fan while in prison and how her music was his connection to the outside world he was missing and what i particularly found interesting is that he would talk about his experiences in different prisons and this guy was at san quentin has been at Folsom, and he would meet other swifties in prison 
and how they mm. would connect with one another. And it was a big thing if you're able to get your hands on the new Taylor album. And he talked about listening to her most recent album, Midnight's in Prison, uh, over the years, other versions of her albums, watching her on Good Morning America while in prison. Fascinating article. And the guy that wrote it, I did a little research into him. He's a journalist. He actually writes numbers of articles and he's in prison for life, which is just, uh, it was a, a very unforgettable article as a Taylor Swift fan and just as someone who likes good journalism. No, I used um, to be a New Yorker subscriber. Did you pick this up somewhere? Did you get it online or? Uh, it was available on Apple News Plus. I'll see if I can get the article and I'll email it to you. But the, if you type in like listening to Taylor Swift to prison, it's it, it's gotten some attention, which is good. Uh, Dean, before we uh, go to wrap up mode, I wanted to just say something real quick about Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, who, uh, that's a, that's passed one. away the other day. Uh, were you a Jimmy Buffett fan? Yeah, Are I don't think Buffett fan, I, I, I am. I don't think I'd qualify as like a full fledged parrot head. Yeah. Um, but I definitely listen to his music. His, his station is one of my preset Sirius XM channels in my car. Me too. It's great. Um, you know, it's hard to turn off Jimmy Buffett. He's definitely a sound of summer. Yes. And so he's on, he's in the rotation um, for the music we'll play out at the pool. So it, my, my in-laws, uh, particularly my father-in-law, huge Jimmy Buffett fans. I mean, mm -hmm. multiple concerts type Jimmy Buffett fans. Have you talked to him since Jimmy Buffett passed away? Yeah. I mean, th they knew he was ill. I did not. So yeah. it, it, it caught me by surprise. And then as I was learning more about it and finding out he was surrounded by his friends and family and they mentioned his dogs as well yeah um you know that obviously tells you the story that you know he had been ill and, and this was not a shock to those who knew him uh, but i think a lot of folks were caught off guard and didn't realize that he was yeah how did you find out about it um i think it was abc news hitting my okay. phone yeah but it was it was a phone alert phone alert i was up during the night i haven't been sleeping that well recently and uh, like at two in the morning, I was on Facebook and saw one of my friends made a post and I couldn't tell. Sometimes you get these internet death hoaxes, which aren't real. Yeah. But of course I went on to, I guess what used to be Twitter is now X and saw that it was, he was trending and then he passed away. And it was a shock. It was just a shock. I, I didn't really know he was ill. And, you know, one of the tough things recently is that we've had a lot of musicians leave us, you know, people like, Tony Bennett, Robbie Robertson from the band, Sinead O'Connor, uh, lead singer Smash, Smash Mouth just, yeah, passed, he just away. passed away. Um, and there are others that I'm, I'm missing. You know, forgive me for not being able to recall all of them. Uh, Gary Wright, the singer of uh, Dreamweaver, just passed, and Jimmy Buffett. I mean, he's a huge star. That's you a big think about one, yeah. Radio Margaritaville, and just the fact, like you said, he's a voice of summer. And I'm a fan of a lot of his music. I've listened to his music a lot over the years, and. Uh, He'll be missed. I definitely will keep listening to him. We all should. Um, definitely just, it's a different, when some people pass, you could say that the world truly is different. It feels different now that Jimmy Buffett is gone because he about, brought such joy and happiness to us. How about Bob Barker passing away? Bob Barker. Yeah. I mean, it's that, interesting. That's... When, when Bob Barker but, passed away, I'm gonna, let me mention this to you. Tell me if you agree with this. Yeah. Um, Scott Gustin, who uh, we, I follow on Twitter, who is great yep, for Disney same. News and so forth. You, you follow him as well, yep. correct? So he had a great tweet, and I agree with it 100%, and other people did too, that if you were homesick from school, Bob Barker was one of the absolute constants. That's what I was just going to say. So for, for folks our age in particular, Bob Barker was a sick day. If you were yes. homesick, you watch game shows midday. And, and right. 11 o'clock CBS, you got your hour of, of Price is Right. And uh, brought a smile to my face. I, I can't take credit for the tweet, but somebody said, you know, he came closest to a dollar without going over because he <laughs> passed away. Passed away at ninety nine. It's very true. 
Very true. What great memories of watching prices, right? And by the way, on Pluto TV, the free streaming service, I think there is a 24-7 channel that only shows Bob Barker episodes of The Price is Right. I wanted to hate Drew Carey on Price is Right, but I, right. I don't mind him. I he's pretty don't. good. Yeah, he's, he's good. Not, he's not Bob Barker, but I don't no. mind him. Um, yeah, lots of people, though, uh, leaving us. Uh, what's One your who's not that maybe we mentioned, Scott, uh, did you see the Rolling Stones are going to come out with a new album? That is, I, I did see that. That'll be exciting. That surprised it's the first me. New years. Yeah, and, that surprised uh, me. Yeah, I think Jimmy Fallon, I just saw this on TikTok, is doing a uh, live interview or interviewing them tomorrow on. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that'll I'll be something worth that. checking out. I like Jimmy Fallon. I, yeah. Uh, I, I like think his attraction of, too. Hot take, but he, I do like yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do too. I think he puts a lot of effort into the things he does. Yeah, it's, For sure. His show's a little prescriptive in a way. It's, it definitely follows a formula, but he um, he tries hard, and I, I like his efforts, and I like some yeah. of his bits. I agree. And him and Justin Timberlake together is just made Legendary. for TV comedy. It's yeah, for sure. So, Dean, with that being said, would you like to tell our listeners where they could find you online? Sure. I guess I'm on uh, I'm on Blue Sky now. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I just joined. I'm, I'm at Disney Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the change from my twitter now x handle which is at ct underscore mickey underscore man and uh, maybe just maybe sometime in life i just paid the renewal so maybe it is coming back i uh i'm a co-host of the butter and bacon podcast if that show comes back it would it would change podcasting honestly that would be so exciting yeah i mean we had a nice run with uh, the, the northeast podcast when that was going and then we started butter and bacon and I think we might be up to five or six seasons, but uh, mm-hmm. we have not recorded in, in over a year, maybe over two years at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's one of these things where it's uh, it's like one of your, your Showtime shows where it's it's not necessarily ended. They're just taking a really long time to bring back the next right. season. <laughs> so uh, you could find the Stuff We Love podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast, TikTok at Stuff We Love Podcast. You could write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook as well as YouTube. And our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com where you can find links to all of our prior episodes. And uh, with that, Dean, it's great to be back with you on season six. Just so that our listeners know, we may not be recording every week this season. It's a lot of work, but we'll definitely have lots of new episodes coming your way. And uh, we thank you for subscribing. We we welcome all our new listeners from around the world. And uh, let's go around the table one more time on the season premiere. I am Scott. And I'm Dean. And this has been the season premiere of season six on the Stuff We Love podcast. Take care.